science and making us sung. Rob a cushion, tap they did drum. I ain't DOC, but that's the formula. Cartier is cut to cover the cornea. Pineapple, cush, that's aroma. Her with vegetables like cornucopia. With fruit like the garden eating. The eyes are eating, especially when your boy is speaking. When I'm thinking, I ain't inking, but somehow, some way the words sinking. That's fruit for thought. I spit fire when the thoughts spark. Ghost writer for high if you need support. I got lies so dope, you don't need to snort. Welcome to ES3N, the Essential Sports Network, hosted by three essential workers. I am one of your three hosts here today, Chris Leopold. Along with me, as always, are my brothers from another mother, Richie Da Bears Donnell and Markilio The Logic Atkins. Today, boys... I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it because it's it's been sitting, it's been percolating with me, it's been upsetting me. Dude, boxing world, I love boxing. I want I need to talk about what happened with Top Rank's latest thing. So Terrence Crawford, L, I'm gonna let you talk about the fight and then be prepared yeah. for what's gonna come out of my mouth about this. <laughs> Exciting weekend. Um, you know, we got you got Franco versus Maloney, too. And we had Terrence Crawford versus Kell Brook. Very exciting weekend. Um, was a black eye with this weekend, as, as Chris alluded to. However, um, Terrence Crawford, did he look like we thought he looked? Um, it was pretty close to kind of what we talked about before. I think it was half the time. I, th- I gave him nine rounds. I think you gave four? him eight. Yeah, yeah he gave g- him yeah, nine, eight, nine, nine he rounds. Richie went ten. And he yeah. got taken out at four, dude. He got slapped up, dude. He so, got yeah, so slapped up. A lot of exciting things going on in boxing. You got the Errol Spence, Danny Garcia fight. Um, but, yeah, let's get back to last week. And, Chris, I'll, I'll let you go in about the, the, the black eye that you that I was oh, alluding to no, I earlier, mean, earlier. Dude, this is the biggest news fest since that Pacquiao Money Mayweather fight, man. And, I mean, that sucker was rough. To fight, yeah, I know. I said it, Richie, because that sucker wasn't. You, you know how I know is because I watched it with Mark Hill and He kept waking me up in the middle of it. All right, so let me tell you this: that this not only were these fights short lived, but most of them were awful. They stopped the man. I mean, so what is it? The 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 Franco Maloney fight ends in a headbutt, right, or a mysterious headbutt? Because even though there's no crowd and eighteen hundred cameras. They couldn't seem to find an angle on this headbutt, right? But apparently everybody saw it. They stopped the fight for, I mean, God, man, I almost stopped watching after 26 minutes, right? It was, th- it went, they went 30 before they made the decision. They got Bob Yardabout there arguing with Maloney's coach in the ring as he's just like, I mean, you can just see this old timer going, you know, it's over. You got been called. It's a heaven. Get out of here. It's not my fault that your guy threw head. Whatever. Man. 26 minutes of, you know what, 30 minutes of, you know what wasn't happening? Boxing. Boxing wasn't happening. All right? I don't care that you guys have to have that fight. I don't care that you have to make that call. It was the right call, right? We see the video. We, we talked, you know, I wouldn't have said it was the right call until you sent me that piece of that, that, that video. Uh, L, so thank you for that. Uh, I didn't see the headbutt, but to stop no a fight did. for twenty <laughs> right for twenty six minutes, and st- and not 
you got to call fights sometime, guys. Yeah, I'm giving you five minutes. Then my, you know, I'm living in the generation, you know, in the uh, the generation of high speed internet. And what have you done for me lately? And it was 26 minutes of who won this fight. So they're going to call this yeah, on the headbutt. You know, and both- before you before you go, you know, it, and Chris, you're right. I mean, when we when you talk about having Where to go, where was the boxing? Well. Yeah, and and as you talk about, and the, the ended and the ended to that Crawford fight didn't help any. All right, so well, you know, well, I so mean, hold, I on, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I struggled Let's... through, but it was this was not <laughs> boxing at its greatest. Top rank needs some help. ESPN needs to step in. This is insane. So, 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 so here's how. It, well, so here here's kind of how I look at it, and it's. It's an issue that we've had in sports, right? We keep talking about, you know, baseball. They keep talking about the challenges. They take too long. They keep talking about basketball. These challenges, they take too long. They keep talking about football. It shouldn't take that long to find out if his toes touched down inbounds, right? And, and so this seems to be a common theme across sports that whatever it is that officials or whoever is running these control boxes are 90-year-old assisted living patients because nobody across <laughs> sports can seem to figure out within an, a reasonable amount of time. Now, I get the idea that when you're going to make a call of this significance to where it becomes a disqualification and you start talking money and purses and wins and losses, which affect rankings and title shots, I get it. You want to get the call right. But again, when you start talking about making the right call, you can make the right call in five minutes, or you can keep the pay-per-view going and say, hey, we are going to keep investigating. And as you keep watching, you can then come back to, hey, this is what we saw. It's over. Boom. Done. I mean, Markilio, did you think after 30 <laughs> well, minutes they were going to come back and fight? I, I was intrigued, um, even just from the last couple of fights, because they implemented the replay and I thought, you know, this was an opportunity to get the cause right. However, in this case, I, I'm still not sure if they got the call right. Um, because even in looking in real time, it doesn't appear to be a headbutt. It appears to be, it might be times where he was kind of, where his head was rubbing on the side of his face. And he might have went around. And, and, but it looked like. A deep fake, you know, when, right. when I saw when I saw the picture, and I'm not saying yeah, I saw the fake, picture but, too, and it didn't but look like it. It just I, as I as you're watching the fight because we watched the fight, they played the fight at least three three or four times, uh, and, and just looking in real time, you did not see anything substantial other than the punches that he was taking that would have really swollen him up like that, like a headbutt like that. You see it, you know it, you 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 can say that's it. With this scenario, that was not the case. And in real time, just as the commentators, Andre Ward and Timothy Bradley and Joe Tessitore sat there and said, it did not appear as if he made any contact that was blunted or could have caused that type of damage. And it was sad because this is the second fight. Um, Maloney lost the first fight, a close battle, and that's why they came back for, for the second battle. And for Maloney, uh, Australian, uh, a guy from Australia, 
that came over here, left his family, and was putting on a clinic because he was actually out he was slapping Franco. It. Right. Yeah. You he know, was... for this to be taken away from him, that's the travesty in this scenario. It, you hate to see Barkers put in all that work and get it taken away from him in a scenario like that. Is there an option for him to move on from Tom Frank? Uh, well, in top rank, we, uh, we now are you speaking of Terrence Crawford? Because top, top Terrence Crawford is. Been, I'm not, I, I, if I was after watching well. last week's ESPN Plus, if everybody on their roster, I'd be looking for the door. <laughs> well, hey, that's a that's a that's a hot topic right now. And just to kind of move on, guys, and, and, and talk about the main event, we we saw. The, the undercard, we all kind of agree that, that that was a horrible decision and just an all-around horrible fight just because of the early stoppage and, you know. it was I mean, it was a good fight other than that. I mean, you know, I mean, Man, the fight was, was going well. It looked like a good exchange. I kept getting pissed because they kept stopping the damn fight. And, yeah. and then they stopped it, stopped it. So uh, the going to the the main event, guys. We got Terrence Crawford versus, I guess that night, not so special. K. Kell Brook. Um, what did you guys see? What did you guys yeah, get from I, that? You know, Terrence I want to lead off on this because I, I like favorite. I I like um, giving my you know observation as a person still learning the ins and outs of boxings, and then um, hearing. The expert, so to speak, Mark Helio, having you follow after me. So, I don't know if I'm fight doctor Freddie Pacheco. Well, so so I watched the fight, and um, I was very impressed with. It. As a coach, we go in with a game plan and we make adjustments, and that's exactly what I saw out of Crawford. Was he went in with a game plan? He went in starting at, with his right with his right foot. He started in going that way. He made the change. Uh, and it ended up working in his favor. But, and, and again, this, this might just be trying to take context from another sport and bring it into another sport where it doesn't belong. Watching the fight, Brooke never hit, hit the ground, right? And so, in my opinion, and, and I, again, I don't know this, how can an official decide that you're out on your feet in 10 so- seconds? I, so I don't under I don't understand how that's possible. I'll explain. The first knockdown happened. You 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 essentially have to give a mandatory uh, seven, uh, mandatory excuse me eight count at that moment because if it wasn't for the ropes, he would have fell. So if the if the ropes keep you from from your hand hitting the ground or a knockout knockdown from taking place, that's that's considered a knockdown. It's considered a knockdown, and okay. he was. He was obviously disoriented. He 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 got cracked to but, the point to where. But does that does that? I guess my question need is, to let these guys finish the job. Well, well, that's yeah. what. Well, that's what. That's what you I'm know, asking. Well, so, that's what I want to see. Is I want to see him finish the job. Well, but that's what you I'm think asking. That's gonna, so is the official? I mean, I've yeah, seen the, guys. The get, I mean, I'm. I've seen guys get knocked unconscious in football games. I've given yeah. concussion tests when I coached high school. What I'm saying is, is how can the official look at him and just go one, two, three, four, five, count to ten, and say, "Hey, are you good?" And if the guy says yes, well, the official go, "No." 
Yeah, you you never want it to go to ten. It's a standing eight. So as long as he's stand standing up and he and he looks which like he he's was, from my understanding, when he did he call the fight, he was standing. Not, but not the first, not not the first knockdown, because that's the first one when he caught him with the with the jab slash hook, right? And, and he, he fell into the ropes. over there, right? And that was so the, the, that was the that initial was the standing eight. eight. So once he gave him that 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 once the fighter showed that he was cleared, he stepped forward, gave him his gloves, and said, "Fight!" and was ready to fight again. One thing about Terence Crawford, if you're if you're not responding, or it, it looks like they can keep you from taking maybe a blow that that could be detrimental or you know they're going to do it they're going to err on the, the side of precaution uh, with some of the things that's just happened in boxing so if you can go and jump on that fighter and that fighter is already rocked and not responding a lot of times the referee so I guess let me ask you this fight. do you think that the ref made the right to call it right there did Brooke look oh, yeah. like there was no chance uh, there was no chance was, he was fighting? It was it was no chance he was gonna last beyond that round. Um, if you like, I've said if you ever watch a lot of Terence Crawford's fights, that's the thing about Terence that makes him different. If he has you hurt, he destroys you. He it would it would have went really bad for him. He already has had orbital damage, and um, you can see he got pop, when he he got popped from a jab hook. It wasn't even really. <laughs> The, the cool thing about what you're talking about as far as going to the right and what you'll notice is he play at placement of his foot around Kell Brooks foot when he especially when he went to Southpaw, which gave Kel, gave him an angle. And that's when he started picking him apart. And that's what you alluded to. And that's what we kind of alluded to even before we said that it would he would kind of figure out that distance he would try to walk him down, and he would switch up southpaw and give him different angles, and eventually break him down. We didn't get to see the breakdown because it was stopped. <laughs> it, it was stopped a little early, <laughs> but it's almost like the Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fight. Like you wanted to see Conor McGregor get knocked out. I wanted to see him he, get knocked out. It was inevitable. It was about to happen, and I mean, thank uh, Conor McGregor just should be. I mean, but this is you know that stuff don't stop. In the UFC, it's not like I'm worried about it does. saving it does. Bur- it In does. UFC, it does. After you get knocked, dude. <laughs> well, well, no, 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 no. Right. Uh, let me put it I this mean, way. Right. If, you're, I, if, you're right. Knocked, if you're knocked to the ground, yeah, if you're knocked to the ground, the referee lets it play out until you are no longer able to defend yourself. Then they run right. in, grab you, pull you off. Right. McGregor was still defending himself in that fight. All right, now I mean not well, right? I'm out. Well, you know he he tells he's like you know I get a he's like I get a little punch drunk there when I but I, I felt like I still had a lot of fight in him and I just wanted to watch McGregor get knocked. The fuck so out. so guys, kind of concluding this situation, one of the things that I wanted to bring up that I think it was very prevalent, just kind of what's going on in the boxing world right now, and what came from that fight is top ranked CEO Bob Arum. The, the older gentleman, this I don't want to call him a scumbag, but he's a scumbag. <laughs> he is um, a scumbag. To, <laughs> to say it nicely, uh, Dana White had a few more choice words, but I agree with Dana White. But l- let's get to what he said and see where the controversy lies in this scenario. Um, he basically went, he was being interviewed, and he told the, he told them that Terrence Crawford 
Now, understand that he's the promoter for Terrence Crawford. He said that Terrence, Terrence Crawford, he got to promote like the other unified lightweight champions like Tiafimo Lopez does, like Shakur Stevenson does, like Mayweather did, like Manny Pacquiao. If he doesn't, who the f- needs him? He may be the greatest fighter in the world, but I ain't going to go bankrupt trying to promote him. And then he goes farther to say, do you know how many houses he could have built with the money that he's lost from Terrence Crawford? His pound for pound fighter that he did not promote like the same way that he promoted Lomachenko. The same reason why we were sitting here talking about why is Terrence Crawford ranked for number four pound you, for you, pound? You know, what, what you, you saying that brings one, I, I guess, clear memory uh, to mind in, in comparison as you talk about a guy ragging his top star. Uh, it, it brings back watching Jerry Krause talk about the Bulls and going, <laughs> exactly, Pippen, <laughs> we don't need to re-sign him. Oh, Phil, oh, I already told Phil he's done. Oh, Jordan, you want to go too? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's the type of level I, I feel arrogance. we're talking here, right? That that level of arrogance that you feel. Well, I'll just find somebody else. You know, Bill Belichick. I'll, I'll just find somebody else. I, I mean, these guys are elite. They're great. They're Hall of Famers. They're on Mount Rushmore for a reason. And to, to, to put your foot in your mouth, uh, again, the polite way to say it, to something of that level, Chris alluded to it before, if anybody, anybody, anybody on that roster right now should be going, first chance I get, gone. And that's what's happened. All the fighters from the past, Floyd Mayweather left Bob Arum. Oscar De La Hoya left Bob Arum. Uh... Manny Pacquiao left Bob Arum. It, it, this always happens, and this is why this is why Floyd Mayweather alluded to some of the things and said some of the things he said on the on um, Shannon Sharp's uh, podcast, Undisputed. Yeah. Oh, not well, the show, not, but the the cat. Okay. The the, uh, the actual podcast when he when he was basically saying he didn't understand why Terrence Crawford chose to stay over there at top rank because he wasn't being promoted right. But Terrence Crawford realizes this, and recently he had his lawyers serve um, Bob Arum, and it looks like, I know his contract is until October 2021, but it's looking like he's going to buy out this contract and and look at the writing on the wall and realize he needs to get out of that camp. That camp has nothing good for him. So are, now, so are boxers offer. treated as uh, independent contractors then? That he can yeah, buy out can his buy, own contract? Okay. He can buy okay. out of that contract. Okay. And, and he should. I would. I couldn't stay. I mean, that's just awful. I don't know how ESPN's doing business with this guy. You know, I mean, it was just a terrible promotion from start to end. Couldn't get a video on it. Made a call. Kept everybody waiting for 30 minutes. Fight started late. I mean, I could go on. And, and uh, Terrence still and can't uh, get the fights he wants to get at the end of the day. So, yeah, he'd be better off working for himself or working, even going over there to PBC. They'd do you a little bit better over there. No joke. You know what? And with that, folks, I'm going to go ahead and move us over to a topic that I enjoy much more than that top-ranked fiasco I had to watch, which is shameful because... You know, I I, mean, I I was really 
looking forward to that Crawford fight and that prelim just dumped all over for me. But just want to do a mid-off-season check-in here on the MLB, right? The awards are in, Richie. They've named Manager of the Rear, Yerky of the Year, all the Silver Sluggers, all the Golden Gloves. We know all the names for Cy Young, MVP, the whole name. We've got a couple of things we want to talk here. Any place in particular you want to start? No, I, I mean, I, I think... Uh, Marlon Vue. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I yeah, think... Yeah, we'll start there. I, I think the cool... The coolest thing uh, of the offseason has already happened. The Miami Marlins hiring Kim Nang as their GM. A- and absolutely, this is, this is going to sound new to a lot of people who don't maybe necessarily follow baseball super close or don't uh, necessarily pay attention to, you know, GM openings in baseball, uh, you know, like some of us baseball junkies. Uh, but she, she's got three World Series rings, you know. Uh, yeah, she right, worked with, right, with the yeah. Yankees. She worked with the Sox. She worked with the Dodgers. She's been an assistant GM, uh, worked out of the commissioner's office. That's the look, VP look, of look, baseball look, operations. Gen- right. Gender aside, I don't want to say if she was a man, she would have got th- this job probably a lot sooner. She would have. But but, but, right, but that that's the reality. I mean, her, her resume is impeccable. Her knowledge is impeccable. Um, and, and again, you think about it. She was with the Yankees when they, they did the three-peat, right? Who's her new boss? Right. Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter right. made it a point to find someone he could trust, and she's she's proven it time and time again uh, throughout the league, you know, that this is a deserving, uh, deserving for her. I just love the fact, man, that, that we are moving towards that direction. And, and I mean, inclusion and diversity is great. And I welcome the first female general manager, first female manager. Um, well, she's it, the first it, female general manager of any North American uh, sport. Sporting franchise, right? right. Nobody's done it. Dope, dope. Nobody. Love it, love not it. Not NFL, it, not the NBA. Come no. on, it needs to be more. That's that's the problem. Diversity makes the world go around. Congratulations. And I'm about to say. Especially in a sport that had March in there. March, uh, was March shot. <laughs> March? From uh, C- Cincinnati Reds. What's the Cincinnati Reds uh, owner? March, uh... Oh, what's the lady? Wait, I'm about to say. Let's you guys, I'm about to say, you're going to make me Google it. Yeah. But either way, let's. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Mark uh, Shot. Yeah, she was a piece of work. Do, do some research on her and see the difference between her and Mars. Sounds- so I'm glad about to see to say, it sounds like there's going to be a conversation later here. <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about Marshot for a while. It sounds well, like the two baseball junkies are going to have to go do their homework. No doubt. Well, and come speaking, back here and have this conversation. Speaking eh? of, of, of homework, uh, you know, the other night, Chris, you, you kept alluding to this bold statement that you had and discussion that you wanted to have about the team that oh, I think... Theo we, Epstein? I was going to say, the, the team that I think we can all three say that we the hate more than child. anybody else. Um, <laughs> but yes, Theo Epstein, he's the curse killer. He's ended two of the longest curses in the history of professional baseball when it comes to needing to win a World Series. He's gotten it done. Uh, I think we have different opinions on what's next for Theo. 
Uh, but Chris, I, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let well, you. Well, I mean, over. I mean, no, I mean, what do you think? You, you honestly think he's gonna go GM another team? No, I don't know that. I think what he'll do is, is he'll be the president of baseball operations. Is what I think he'll do. Why? Why? I mean, do you feel that's a? Do because, you think that's a more powerful structure in? No, I just the baseball I, world no. because you and I have both worked. No, but here's, behind but, the scenes at Brewery. Yeah, I mean, right. not that, but not that vice presidents of baseball but, operations but, no, no, don't but wield here's, tremendous but here's my amount thing of power. Here, and here's, but the do, reason, I, yes, the reason I've why I done, think, the reason I think this is because I don't know if he is going to have a power money pocket in his corner, right? That's what it comes down to. Derek Jeter needed another guy to help him get into Miami. Michael Jordan was not a majority owner when he bought into the Bobcats. You have to start somewhere, and I don't know that Epstein has the pockets to be able to make that kind of move. Now, could you need him? Golden chair. But could, he, <laughs> but could he be a minority owner? I think he that could happen where he'll be a minority and be the president. He will of put together operations. an owner deal. I can't. He, there's no way this guy quit the Cubs. All right, a huge market and a franchise that is committed to him. Right, but but they're the about to go way. into a Let's, teardown. I, I would leave too. So so you know what? So GMs don't want to deal with teardown. Oh no, I want to stop being GM of a major organization because I'm going to go through a rebuild. Are you fucking kidding me? That's hey, a, you know what? The, you know what? I want that cry baby out of my system. All right. Oh no, I don't want to have to oversee hey, a rebuild. How about the idea? You know what? He came into a rebuild. He shaped the championship team and took it somewhere. Right. You know, now, now, has it been great since? No, but there. Are, I would imagine after he won it that there were alternate forces and a certain amount of turnover that came in. They aren't. They don't have the same starting pitching that they had. Their hitting hadn't quite been the same. You can't lay it at Epstein's feet. And the guy's done this three times. I'm sure every Major League Baseball team with a coaching vacancy or even a mid-range coach if they thought they had a shot at Epstein right now, would be firing everybody they had in and giving him a chance to rebuild. And let's face it, any job he's going to step into is going to be a rebuild. Yeah, All right? That's the hottest you know, name when, in baseball. Put him anywhere. Give him any job, Chris. I'm with you. I'm about to say, he's, <laughs> this guy is not coming back to GM a team. He's going to put together an ownership group. And what he's in demand, and as baseball confident and have the pedigree that he does, investors are not going to be his problem. And you make they it respect so, this baseball mind. This is what I'm day. saying, right. I mean, this guy is how old, right? I mean, he's mid-40s? Uh, 46. Yeah, 40. Yeah, 40, 46, 46, right? He's got at least three World Series rings we know of. Lord knows what else he's got for roles that weren't GM that I'm currently unaware of. But right, you know, I mean, with this, when the, they picked up, th there is one team that needs a GM that I could absolutely see it happening: the New York Mets. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> You know, and I say that, but I also know who the New York Mets really want in that conversation, and it's not Epstein. Nope, but they already got denied permission for the guy that they really want. So, 
Right. Uh, Markelio, in case you hadn't heard, the Brewers denied oh, yeah, yeah. The, the ability to talk to David Stearns for the position. Uh, I think Thank that may God. be the God. second time they've done so. <laughs> and so, um, interesting note on that, Chris, before you keep going. Um, so David Stearns, if, for those that don't know, is our president of baseball operations uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, I'm typing this in real quick because today a story came out that um, Matt Arnold, who's the guy that we've talked about on the show before, he was the assistant general manager, is being promoted to senior vice president and GM. So he is officially taking over the GM duties away from David Stearns. But David Stearns will remain a high up uh, in our organization, probably higher than anything the Mets can offer. Well, I would imagine. Yeah, right. I can't imagine he, they'd want to. So, yeah, I, mean, so I, Stearns, I think we all kind of have that love hate relationship with Stearns, right? <laughs> He's made some good moves. He's made some questionable moves. Um, you know, I would. On a whole separate note, we could talk about how I'd like to see the MLB draft completely reinvented, so it's relevant. But <laughs> I'm just saying, we have great draft conversations every year. I don't know that you could pay me to cover the MLB draft, and I am a die-hard baseball fan. Um, I just don't. It's not my gig, baby. It's not what it used to be. It's not even what it should be now. If uh, the the if the hand picked commissioner of our league could pull his head out of his butt long enough to make any decision, well, he could start well, there. So if he wanted to so fix something, you, he could leave the game alone. Well, well, Dude, so, this, I mean, you ain't gonna recognize <laughs> baseball by the time he's done. Gonna There's gonna be stop clocks. You know this is about to get well, so so hold on. so here, so Chris, Chris, here's what we're since I. <laughs> I, I like that you brought up the idea of retooling the draft. And it, it and so obviously the draft is used right, to bring right. in new faces. It's gonna take me to my next topic because uh, I think there I think there's gonna be some interesting discussion here. Um the Hall of Fame ballot got released because voting is gonna start next month, right? And so there's some new names on there, uh some top new names, I'm sure some of them will eventually get in. But what I want to talk about is the guys who are on this last chance list, meaning they're in their last year of getting into the Hall of Fame. And you talk about Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling. I want your take on, do you believe these guys should be in? Should the steroids be held against them? I just, what is, is what is your belief? First of all, my, my thing is, is this really the last chance because yes. I, I'll say this. I'll say but this. The Baseball let, Hall of let, Fame has on, very on, particular let, rules about this. Let me explain. Uh, the reason why I say this is because recently, you know, of course, they had the special on the lifetime ban with Shoeless, Joe Jackson, and, and Pete Rose. And one interesting point that's been brought up is the fact that that rule applied to only living people. So now they're possibly looking at bringing Shoeless Joe to the ballot. So, right, that's right. But unfortunately, for the three guys we're talking about, so, but, they're all alive. But Maybe me, Barry Bonds gets what, brought in. What that does is, though, that 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 at least brings up the argument of of saying, okay, uh, 
a guy that that that's known to be a cheater, and and the MLB can't pick and choose who with cheaters they decide to let do what. Now they got coaches that's cheating, so I think it brings up a whole nother side of looking at and saying, okay, if they're gonna bring Joe Jackson in here, why don't we try to even look at these people uh, and, and give them their roses while they're well, here, here. Here's my here's my thing with what you're saying, Markelio, Chris, because I know you're gonna go on a tangent. So let me get my I'm let me get my two cents in I know, I know, I know. Uh, Markelio, the for me, the only thing I look at is is Major League Baseball has made it a point to to this point at least where anybody that has had substantial uh, connections to steroids has not been admitted into the Hall of Fame. And listen, I, for me, yeah, maybe when Barry Bond... May, but cheating but here's the thing. is cheating. Well, well, hold on. And so this this is... Uh, I'm going to get to that. But here's my thing. And so there's this idea that after they die, maybe they let them in. To me, that's that's just... You might as well not even put them in. If you're going to wait till he dies to put him in. That To me, that that's dumber than voting him in in the first place. I um, agree. And then the other point is, is I look at steroids like this, okay? Do I think it's wrong? Yes. Was there a time where it was driving the game? Yes. Do people Just like do, gambling. Hold on, hold on. I believe Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. You're, you're not exactly. going to get any argument out of me. But here's my thing. And so, to me, did he fail? Did they fail tests? We don't know. It hasn't been released. They can stand on whatever they want to stand on. But I, I think, and again, it may not be considered the same to- the same conversation. But people holding steroids against a Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens is the same to me as people holding Denver, Colorado against Larry Walker. Uh, Larry Walker can't, uh, dude. If, if you don't want if you don't want that to be a factor, then don't do it. Right? Then don't put a team in Colorado. If Barry Bonds is steroid use is going to be held against him for the Hall of Fame, well, then maybe Major League Baseball should have outlawed steroids a long time ago. Bingo. Well, right, Chris, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm about to say, the number of my trigger words that you just <laughs> used right there, I don't even know. All right. No, I know where to start. All right. First off, when it comes to Shoeless Joe Jackson, there is an argument to be made that he didn't necessarily cheat. All right. He batted 356 in that series that he that he supposedly cheated in. All right. I'm sorry, 375. All right. He had 12 hits and 12 hits and no errors, which was a World Series record that stood from 1919 to 1964. All right. So that while there is strong evidence to suggest he took money, there is almost zero evidence to suggest that he actually took it and let it affect his game in any way, shape, he or form. In so many, in so many. He, well, no, I mean, he admitted it to the judge. Listen, man, we could. I've read three or four books on this. He admitted it to the judge because he went. Those guys. He literally to the judge the day before his case went. Those guys never did give me the rest of that money. Say All it right? isn't so, Joe. 
Right. So it's not that Shu Joe. It's not that Shoeless Joe didn't take the money, but he was also not known as. Pardon me to any Shoeless Joe fans out there. The brightest bulb in the box. This wasn't a guy who could read or write. Uh, he wasn't very school. You know, he was a minor town sort of guy, and he was not very. He was never. He was a incredible baseball player by all accounts. But outside of that, this guy was not known for his mental acuity. But I think say. those are the black eyes when it comes to baseball. You got the there's the no doubt that it is a black eye, but we're holding. Then you got a, the the era of the PEDs. We're, you're talking an area and right the same area that Shoeless Joe won in is the same area where Ty Cobb why, used to why, sharpen why are we his even cleats. Arguing about these dudes and not talking about people like Roger Maris and Tim Raines and you know like it's. For, well, all right, but for, but my point is though is right. But you're talking about guys who cheated at the game, and then there's the steroid era. And I want to put those two things in completely different boxes, right? Taking money to throw a game and gambling on baseball is a whole different level than taking a poor performance enhancing drug to be better at baseball. Because I look at one as you gambling on yourself or. You know, just even being an opportunist. That's not me saying that. You look that, at it like gonna, that, but there's baseball because they just brought another cheater in from they're a different never, style they're of cheating. Dude, dude right, first right. off, all right, and then Pete Rose, like I said, man, right, and then you said Pete Rose. All right, my grandfather had to have been the biggest <laughs> Pete Rose fan. My, fan, my grandfather was he, from Cincinnati. He the right way, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he only fed on his damn self. Is is what I'm saying to you. Know, I mean, it's right. I want to, You want to go? Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame because he gambled on baseball, and you can stand behind the moral stance of him having gambled on baseball. Going, that's no good. You can't have players gambling on themselves, not their own teams, not when there's a bottom, when there's a stat line, and yada yada. And then you get to the numbers that indicate right. I can make the same argument with Shoeless Joe Jackson, and make that same argument with Pete Rose here. Statistically, the man never appeared to throw a game ever. I mean, you don't get a name by Charlie. He wasn't, well, I'm going to Charlie hustle just enough to make sure I cover the spread. Right? You know, no, it was it was Charlie was Hustle. Doing no, no, no. Everybody was doing it, just like like I said, like steroids. Everybody. And I'm and I'm listen. I'm for him. I, I'm for him being in the Hall of Fame, but I totally understand his ban on baseball. They had to set some rules. They had Sorry, to make guys, it. Sorry, guys, got totally away from from Barry Bonds. And I'm getting. I'm, I'm working my way back to Barry. All right, because this is really the conversation. Is first, I want to make sure that we understand that we're talking about two completely different scenarios. To me, when we're talking Shoeless Joe and Pete Rose, and then when we're talking Barry Bonds, and especially when we talk about guys like Mark McGuire and how people used to. I used to sit in the stands. I lived in Oakland or I lived in San Francisco during the time. Well, he was one of the Bash brothers. I saw him and Jose Canseco play so many times. I could tell you, I saw Barry Bonds play a great part of my life. And I want to tell you, and every, you know what my argument was is every time somebody said, you don't know he's on steroids. I went, here's a copy of his rookie card. Here's a copy of his card this year. You don't put on 85 pounds and muscle in a matter of like a year, year and a half, two years. I mean, even if you went to the year before, we'll pull out a Mark McGuire like 88 or 87, you know, 86, 87 card, and then go ahead and pull out a Mark McGuire 1992 card. And, 
you know, he went from being Little Mac to Big Mac pretty freaking easy. All right. And there has been like Lenny Dykstra is famous for having gone to the library to because internet didn't exist to research. He gave the interview to Sports Illustrated, also wrote a book on this. And baseball honored him before he claimed bankruptcy and got sent to jail for all of his felonious works here. But right, I mean, baseball is notorious for being full of culprits and ne'er-do-wells who are just as likely to run the black market as they are the white line to first base. Preach! But, but when we start talking about Hall of Fame. We talk about talking about people who are going to get over stuff. I'm never going. To, I I don't think of Barry Bonds as the home run leader to be a tank air, and it will continue to be. And it's not because I don't recognize Barry Bonds' talent or ability to home run. I mean that guy either hit home runs or got walked. There were so many intentional walks that year. I mean I think he set a record. You still got to make contact, was, contact with the ball. With the ball. Listen, you can have one of the greatest natural swings, but when you put out an extra 60 pounds of muscle, that's how it you helps. get it over the fence. Right. If he was getting it done without the juice, he wouldn't have used the juice is but my he was point. Still the, he still was the man. And that's the crazy part about it. Look, 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 look at a picture of Hank Aaron when he hit that last home run. He must have been 40, pushing over 200 pounds, had a pot belly, and crushed that well, baseball. Well, right. And, and so right. I think Barry Bonds needed the needle to get it. And so, my, but, but Markelio, I get what you're saying, where you're saying, like, regardless of how big he is, regardless of the steroids, regardless of whatever it is that he did. And it's a certain amount of skills that go into it. Right. He still, he still has to put a bat to ball, which, which I get. And then there's the, the other side that, uh, of what Chris is arguing. And I think the hard part for me is, is, when you look at somebody like Barry Bonds and what he looked like in Pittsburgh versus what he looked like in San Francisco, and then you compare it to Alex Rodriguez, right? So Barry Bonds, there was a distinct and Roger Clemens. <laughs> but, well, well, but hold, hold on. So with because A Rod actually did an interview on this when he was admitting to the fact that he did take steroids. Bonds has denied it this whole time. Bonds, there is a physical appearance difference. You, you can look at him and go. Again, we're making an assumption because there was no failed drug tests. We're only using our knowledge of people who said he did it. You look like you're doing it, so we're going to presume you're doing it. With A-Rod, the crazy part is, is Alex Rodriguez was doing steroids, and he was 180 pounds and just hitting you know, 50, 60 homers a year in Texas where it's hot and you're going to hit more home runs anyway. And so he had these advantages. And so, but but with A-Rod, even though he took steroids, A-Rod over the course of his career from the time he got drafted in Seattle to the time he got to the Yankees had only gained 15 pounds, which is going to happen as you work out and mature and get older. And so there was no real physical Difference. Now he came out and admitted to using steroids, but it's not to the significance whole of different what, breed of, Right. We're talking that you're talking a whole different breed of steroid, man. You know, I mean in the I mean that's, that's, what, that's the what other thing. Say is, about Roger. Roger Roger name was impl- Right, and Rogers is one of those names, right. Roger Clemens is one of the few names on that list who I'd like to see in the Hall of Fame. 
Uh, I think right. What's so the first, difference? <laughs> oh, that, that, I, I, right, and that's where I'd like to. This is right, and wh- which is why I wanted to Hold make on. the statement oh, real here. quick, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to apologize. We didn't expect this to go in this route or take up this amount of time, but this is a great conversation. It, what the yes. hell, Chris? All right, I know, I know. All right, I'm about to say. I'm, I'm going to explain it to you. All right, couple of things here. All right. When we start talking about the steroid era, I think we have guys like Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, uh, that are big guys like Sosa. that. Right, Sosa. That we know that's where I feel like that's where the majority of their talent come. Now, certainly Roger Clemens looked to have that physique, but he almost <laughs> always had that physique. Like what I saw him pitching for the Astros, he had that. But also, with the and here's what I'm going to say because I thought Mark McGuire should get in too, and I'm going to explain why. I have trouble asking guys to abide by rules that didn't exist. To keep them out over a rule that did not exist during their playing time is and that, that's where I kind of sit with Box. Right. That's kind of where I that's sit with Box, right. too. Well, right, and I get that, but it, it became an issue while Bonds was playing. Like, yes, Bonds yes, would yes, wanted yes, to yes. keep on playing, but couldn't right. because it came out that he was on it, and then they changed the rules, and Bonds couldn't, wouldn't be able to pass the drug test to get on a team. All right, I, I'm just going to call it the way I see it. Roger Clemens, I feel that there are guys who took steroids during that time as well, more so when they were injured than as a way to get a step up on the game. And that is where, and that is where we get into some shady. Well, though, no, and that's where we get into some shady ground. So what I say, I don't want Barry Bonds, and I have to look at Roger Clemens and go, dude, I want to see you in the Hall of Fame, but if I'm voting, I don't, I don't vote for, I don't vote for Clemens, I don't vote for Barry Bonds, I don't vote for. Um, Kurt Sherling, I mean, it's Schilling, it's easy because, you know, he's an asshole. So it's really easy to ignore <laughs> but him and go. Still the man. But, but like so, so, so let me listen, let me ask son. you this. I'm, I'm going to take this one his, step. His name is impl- is implicated 83 times. Well, so hold on. So, I, so I'm going to take this one. I'm going to take this one step farther then for you guys because Chris, you seem to have the impression that, that there are. I mean, yes, there are different forms of steroids, and and these different forms do do different things. So I'd like to ask you guys your take on this. Ryan Braun took HGH, and HGH is Basically, pro athletes use it to get back to the field quicker, right? It's to help them tough through an injury, and so he was battling the thumb. Creatine, no. (laughs) And well, and so and so, right? So he's taking the gummy bears, and so let me ask you this: Does HGH fall into that same category as a Barry Bonds, as a you know? Uh, a Mark McGuire. So, do you vote? Would you guys vote for Ryan Braun when that time comes? No, and you and I'm going to tell you why. It's got very little to do with the type of steroid he took, or why he took the steroid. And okay. well, dude, you can't. <laughs> I, it's, it's a moral. You're, you're saying and, you're saying because it's a rule, he broke. He knowingly broke the rule. He cheated no. the game. It, no, I with him, I'm against it because, again, I'm a Brewers fan, so I let some of my homerage come into my thoughts here, which is probably why they don't let me vote. All right? <laughs> <laughs> but... Because <laughs> uh, you'll vote for Roger Clemens. <laughs> 
Clemens never denied it. it never got. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, well, I won't say he never died. No, I, I wouldn't, and I, I wouldn't vote for Clemens. You see, no, I didn't say I'd vote for Clemens. I said I wanted to see him in the see Hall of Fame, okay. but all wouldn't right, vote right. for him. All right, uh, all same right. way that Pete Rose is never going to get in while Bud Selig's alive. Bud Selig or Pete Rose are going to have to die before Pete Rose <laughs> gets into the Hall of Fame. All right, but back to that. It's really so. I'm sorry. Who? Now we've got. We're talking about Braun. 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 So with Braun, my issue with him was that he. I mean, I guess I expected him to deny it. I did not expect him to go after the guy, the, the tester. Oh, I did not expect him to run a parade of his teammates out as character witnesses while he denied it. I did not expect him to make to, to accuse him of the doctor of being anti-Semitic yeah. before it coming out. Before and I mean, th- I watched that press conference. So, so right, and then he had to come out and go, "I did it." And you know what? I, it's one thing to do it and get caught. If Robinson Cano comes out here and makes a two month pitch today, so I that he did so, that he well, didn't do the I steroids and that it was it, a fix. You have to cheat in style with Chris. It's a certain no, well, that, style. So, so no, because not because again, because hey, my point here is I wouldn't. Uh, no, because I <laughs> fuck you both. Right. So, so, I'm gonna no. say it right now. No, it's not. A, it's not about cheating style because I wouldn't vote for Ryan Braun. I wouldn't Can't vote for Mark McGuire. I wouldn't so, vote for. Roger Clemens. Marquilio, this is kind the of only a, one where I would legitimately. <laughs> I'm glad that you figured it out. No, 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 I figured it out. I figured it out. So when Chris gets his ballot next to every guy that that tests positive for steroids or does something illegal, he draws in a, a third box like a writing answer, <laughs> exactly. right? And so it says yeah. It says yes, and he goes not checking that one. No, not checking that one, asshole. You bet, and keeps going to the. It keeps going to the. Except next if you're Kurt Schilling. Except no, except if you're yeah. Kurt Schilling was not that dominant of a pitcher. He was no Randy Johnson. Man, anything he ran, Randy Johnson. No. Oh, that that that's it. This guy pitched one series of his life. For the Red Sox, and all of a sudden, it's a license for him to run two companies into bankruptcy, no, claim federal. I'm whatever. not a big Kurt Schilling well, well, fan hold on. either. So, so don't, I wanna, don't even give me the talk. And he was juice. He's about yeah. the same category as Marge shot for me. Before, you know? before, <laughs> right. I'm about to say I took one look at that article and read the words racial slurs. <laughs> why were we talking about this, bitch? Before we. <laughs> Before Rest we get on, before we get on, you're you're you're. Don't look up, Rich. Don't look up, Marquilio. Look down, baby. We all know where she is. No one comes up with that much money. It involves that much hate and moves upward after life. All right. Before we, before we keep going to the events that took place last night, there is one question uh, that I'd like to to get uh, get asked, Chris. You brought up Robinson Cano. And a friend of mine brought this up to me, and it kind of got me thinking about a way that baseball can change the, these things. And so the way I, I, I see it, or the way that, that my buddy brought this up to me was, so for Robinson Cano specifically, should, if a, if a player tests positive, Cano is being suspended for all of next year, should the Mets be able to 
non-guarantee his contract and get rid of him? I would. I think they absolutely should be. If you, if I pay you, if I sign you to a two hundred four, you know, imagine if Bryce Harper, you sign Bryce Harper to a four hundred million dollar contract. The year after you do so, he gets caught with PEDs, suspended for the year, and is never the same player again because now they're stringently testing him for PEDs, and he can't cheat anymore. And again. Bryce Harper, I believe, is a great young natural talent. No accusations right, have been right, made right, against right, them. Right, right. Just using We're an talking example. about Robinson right. Cano. Right. But right. Robinson Cano, absolutely. They should be able to void but his I mean, contract. I, I, and I'm not just talking Robinson Cano. It just you just happened to bring anybody. up Cano. Yeah, anybody. anybody. I'm about to say, how much were we paying Ryan Braun when that went down? Right. Right. right we right. still were wrapping up paying him twenty million dollars a year. Gotta be killing me kidding me. And he was never the same player after that point. And you know it. And most most of these guys who right. have been caught cheating before never return to form. And if that's the case, absolutely. You know what? If cheating, that, that, that's why we're talking about it. And that's to where it's cheating for me, right? Where it's like, I understand guys wanted to get the leg up and heel and all that. But there are the guys who found it, used it, maintained it, maintained a program for it because they, you, they, that was the only way they were going to make it. And for me, that's not enough. You got to have the talent. You got to be one of the, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., one of the best natural hitters. Right. You yeah. know, one of the yeah. greatest natural I mean, we swings can go down the line. Right. We, I mean, you talk about right. Griffey, exactly. Trout, it's, it's, it's Right. We can, we can go on and on. Finding the ball just is enough because like with Ryan Braun, right. And that's why I say when we talk about Ryan Braun and my surprise with Ryan Braun is that guy's got a beautiful swing. It's short, it's compact, it hits power. He didn't need to put on a bunch of weight to drive it over the fence. It was all at his swing, it was all at his stance, so it was easier for me to believe. Now, it's also easier for me to believe the whole rigor around it when you take into the whole Miami you know, yes, yes. connection yeah, 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 yeah. and what their role has played in PDs in sports all over the country. You know, that that has rippled through for years. I think. Bud Selig got an all right handle on it. I don't know how I feel about PED testing as it sits now, not because I think that we shouldn't test for PD, PEDs. I don't know enough about how they choose random testing to agree for it. As far as I'm concerned, they could random test these uh, every single player in the MLB once well, a week well, during right. the regular well, right. season and be totally justified in doing so. You know, and if they don't want to, then they can return their $400 million paychecks and go on about business. So, I mean, I it's one of those things where I think there's a certain amount of this that they knew was going on. You know, we could talk about how, Oh, Jose Canseco's book was a revelation into the steroid right. and, era. And then the Mitchell Report and all these other things that have Right, I mean, I mean right. Mark McGuire had the jar on his locker room for a reason, and that's because it won illegal. No one gave a, no one gave a heck. And then when it became obvious what this could do for a player, that you could literally genetically start creating super athletes, as long as you were willing to compromise their long-term health, you knew there were going to be people who would take that shortcut. Uh, so that, right. So with guys, so get to trail back to your question here. Absolutely, teams should be able to avoid those yeah, long-term big-buddy contracts. They should free that up. I mean, really, they should be able to reclaim some of that money, in my opinion. All right, that might be a step too far. The players right, 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 are never right. going to fly for that. But still... Right. You know, I mean, you can't go on with this. There is a line, is my point. I know you guys seem to think I've got a little blurred vision when it comes to the line. 
I think there's a difference between the guys who gambled in baseball and the guys who did steroids in baseball. And while certainly I personally am swayed by some of these guys, because these were players of my youth, man, it was hard for me to watch Roger Clemens go down. Uh, not that I ever liked the Yankees or the Red Sox, but I was an Astros and Rangers fan for my life. So he's got some connection there. What do you guys, uh, he, guys, what do you guys think gambling is going to look like in the future with all this legal gambling and things of that nature now? Are we well, going to look it, back at still, these times? No, it, I mean, it'll still be outlawed for athletes to, to gamble. on the, I should say on their own sport, right? And so, so football Boxers players... Can. They can, they can go in there. The boxers can go in there and gamble on themselves, put some money down. Right. Well, right. But and I'm that saying- may be part of the problem with boxing right there. <laughs> I, that, I bet you that's all well and good until one of those guys bets on themselves to lose, and then Vegas has something to say. Right, Thanks. you know that, that right? So, you know, yeah. But I mean, it's it's in the rule. I mean, right now, I mean, and again, you like you said, boxing is it's different. The NBA, the Major League Baseball, the NFL have all put it in legi- you know, in legislature that says you do not bet on yourself. And as long as that that's a rule, I think it'll continue to be a rule. They're not going to take it out. Um, we obviously know that athletes bet on other sports. You're just not allowed to bet on your own sport. Uh, just like we are as employees, Chris and I have to sign a document when we were working at Miller Park that we would not play fantasy baseball for money. No joke. I'm about to say and I and I legitimately withdrew from all of my money fantasy baseball leagues upon signing that document because I was aware that I had chosen to work in an area where that was the rules. You want to play, this is what you want to do. You want to gamble, you can go over there and do whatever you want. You know, And it's not because I can't walk down to Pottawatomie Casino and place a bet. You know, It's not from a lack of casinos in the great state of Wisconsin here. Well, with, that goes back to cheating is cheating. <laughs> cheating is cheating. And with that, folks, that's going to wrap it up here at ES3N here. Remember, knowing is half the battle. Cheating is cheating, steroids are bad, and Pete Rose deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. From us here at the ES3N crew, we thank you for listening to us. Don't forget to check out our MLB giveaway that goes through uh, the 24th there, I believe. It may be the 25th. Double check. It's in the post. Look for the giveaway post on Instagram. Look for the giveaway notes here in the podcast. We'd love to see more of you. Somebody's going to win a Robin Yow rookie card. You're going to be the all-star on my heart when I give it to you. Have a great night, folks, and make sure to come back and check up on Markelio and Richie here as they get ready to talk uh, NBA draft night. Coming back for our draft. We talked about our draft preview. Well, now there is a draft recap because things got interesting last night. Make sure to check that out, folks. Love hearing from you. Later.